And then the, my biggest piece of advice was like, I don't care if you know how to neuter like or spay a dog. I'll teach you all that, but delve into the communication. That'll make or break you. Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo. Welcome back to So You're a Vet. Now what? I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Dr. Mike Walker, the founder of Apollo Vet, a private practice based in Wimberley, Texas, which please go and check out the About Us page on their website just to see the fun twist they took to their staff photos. They seriously were this fun to hang out with at VMX. Like, it's awesome. Anywho, Mike recently brought on a new graduate, and I had the opportunity to sit down with this new vet and talk about how she felt the mentorship was going before I recorded this episode with Mike. Needless to say, the new grad felt the mentorship was going great. (laughs) So on today's episode, you get to hear my conversation with Mike about the mentorship philosophy he uses to support this new grad. We talk about differences between private and corporate practice mentorship programs, and ultimately how each mentorship relationship is unique and should be treated as such. This episode was also the first walking podcast, as we had to record it walking around VMX as there were no quiet places to sit. So I apologize for any excessive ambient noise, but let's jump right in. All right. Well, Mike, welcome to the show. Hello. We are doing the first inaugural walking walking podcast. podcast. I don't think maybe it's ever been done before. I don't know. I feel like a lot of times people do like a walking mic'd up like a video podcast. Yes. And I'm going to force you to walk slower so that we do not... Like, my, like maximize the amount of <laughs> <bigger laughs> well, stuff. Don't worry. I have like a lot of taller people in my uh, in my life that I have to keep up with. My uh, manager in um, They're running after me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so we're doing a walking podcast. So you guys are going to probably hear a lot of stuff in the background as we're going through the hotel and the conference halls. We'll try and keep the noise to a minimum for you, but. We're here talking with Mike, who you are the owner and founder of Apollo Vets. Yes. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So graduated uh, 2017 from vet school and always wanted to be an, an owner and build something just a little bit different and stuff. And so after about a few years out, I started exploring the idea of starting a clinic. And yeah, we opened a Apollo Vet in 2021 in September. And over the past two years, we've grown it to a really cool like four-doctor practice and you know, hope to expand out from there. Amazing. And you got yeah. your own new grads now. Yeah, but two new grads in the past uh, year, which has been so fun. I used to think I hate teaching, but I actually <laughs> really enjoy it. For the listeners, she got to talk to my new grad yesterday. Yeah, I have no I, I idea what she said. So I know. That was funny. I was like, come here, come here. Mike, go away. And I'm like, we're going to go talk about yeah, mentorship. So, so I am a little nervous about that, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see if your, your stories match up. Yeah. This is actually a hardcore interview. Right, we'll turn to go around People here. People ask me here. Um, <laughs> well, and yeah, and it, with Apollo, I really wanted to create, like, my mission is to enrich and enhance every life that walks through our door. That's mm-hmm. the pet, parent, the pet, and my team members, really. And so... Yeah. That's been a huge part of, of how we've grown, and God, I've made a ton of mistakes, too, along the way, but yeah, it's, it's turned out to resonate. Yeah, and getting these two new grads, 
every time I get a new one on, it's a different way I do things because I learned from my previous mistakes. And mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been really interesting and fun to do that. That's um, so cool. And like one thing that I want to kind of dive into a little bit more in talking about the mentorship and the fact that you started this practice was looking at the fact that you were like, you said I didn't really think that I would like teaching. Mm -hmm. And so how... Was it intimidating when you thought about bringing on a new grad then? If you were like, I don't really know how I like about this, like feel about this teaching thing. My mindset, it wasn't really intimidated. I just knew I was like, hey, this is going to be really hard work on both of us. But like, what else are we going to do? We need to do this for our industry. Like, yeah. How now, else is my practice going to grow if yeah. I don't bring someone on? I'll get a little like candid. I'm really, it's disappointing to me that we even have to have these conversations like as a whole for our industry, right? Like it should just be part of our workplace that we are collaborative and we're helping and supporting each other mm -hmm. and so when i graduated in 2017 like yeah we talked about mentorship just in the general sense like make sure you get somewhere that you can learn stuff yeah but it's over the past five to six years it's really become a hot topic and i think it's kind of sad a little bit because that means there's a lot of clinics out there that are not supporting vets i don't think your mentorship really ends when you're not a new grad anymore i'm still learning from vets that mm -hmm. i brought on and gosh dr lane we i mean She's teaching me how to do it like an ovariectomy like the next week and stuff. So, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, like she's going to mentor me in so many different ways and help my skills as like a communicator and mm -hmm. a leader. And so I'll be honest, and I, don't, you know, I have no idea what she said, but I don't have like a hard program. Like for six weeks, you're doing this. No surgeries. You're doing annual only. And that's okay. But yeah. that's, that's one of the things that I wanted to kind of delve into a little bit more because... Mm -hmm. As much as we can talk about, like, yes, this is like a program you need to put together to make your new grad yep. so successful, which is what we're seeing with the corporate side. Yep. I come from the corporate side. I mm -hmm. see that. I'm part of working with that. But it's really important to talk about the variation in the models that exist. Yeah. And yes, you may say that I don't have a quote-unquote model, but through your experience of having these two new grads, you technically do have a model of sorts. And mm -hmm. so I would love to hear a little bit more about... Like, what was the thought process? What were the conversations that you had with your new grads mm -hmm. as you were sitting down with them and saying, all right, I don't really know what we're doing here, but we're going to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you'll get a completely different story, too, from Dr. Katie, my first new grad I took, because, yeah, I was just figuring it out as well then. And so, uh, you know, logistically wise, so what we do with our new grads is for the first, like... 10 to 14 days, you're going to be coming into rooms to me. Hey, I want you to meet my clients. I want to get that relationship started. You're active in that role as far as working up cases, going through our workflow, learning the systems. And then as we sit down, like we have like bi-weekly meetings at the beginning and then they get pushed out. And then really it's like, all right, where are you feeling like you're hicking up on? Like, let's go ahead. I got a walk-in coming. I want you to go in this room. I want to okay. go in with you and stuff too. What I did that's been really successful, especially with my most recent new grad is um, I'm in surgery twice a week. She was in surgery with me for at least like a month. Like she didn't have, so she was in there getting reps in because it's hard for a new grad to start booking surgeries, right? Oh, yeah. And so I'm very big on teaching externs and new grads, getting them comfortable in surgery because I think the mentorship in there is extremely lacking. Mm -hmm. and so, Especially with the COVID class. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, that is the number one thing they tell me is, like, I have no surgery experience, yeah. help. And so, out of her four day work week, like, yeah, 50% of it in her first month was just surgery with me. And I, I book like five or six a day on my surgical days. And so, when I get in there, like, it's more of a philosophy, too. It's like, you work so dang hard to get your DVM. Mm -hmm. And I, candidly, like, my hot take is like, I think these places that have these eight, you know, six-week programs where they only see annuals, they're just devaluing what you've 
spent so much time doing, right? And so when you yes come and no, in, we can dive into that. Yeah, I mean, I want to treat you like a doctor because you are one A. Yeah. And but I need you to know that you're in an environment that you will a never be alone. B, we want you to make mistakes, mm-hmm. but we also want you to know like. Once you start to falter, we will be right there, like yes. right there behind you. It's like, how do you keep them in that growth phase? Yeah. Is that is that stretching phase, I guess you can call it. Yeah. Then, you know, logistically wise, we, you know, she's in surgery 50% of the time. And then we start to say, okay, like you're going to, I want you to start like running the surgery workflow. I'm still here. I'm not taking appointments. And then she's taking lead. And then it's all like surgery to me for new grads and externs. It's they know the steps, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the the feeling, like how hard can I really pull on this? Exactly. Yeah, like, yes. This tissue is. I have to press this hard with the scalpel compared yep, to yep, this yep. type of tissue, and so that's where it's like, hey, we get into surgery first and foremost. If me and you are doing this together, we're both scrubbed in. I sit there and I say, there's really not anything that you can do that I cannot fix right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want you to like not be scared to like drop that pedicle, like we can fix it. And mm-hmm. stuff, okay. You know, granted, we got at least decent surgical skill in it in vet school. Yes. But really, like, that is honestly got true. Like, there's not many things that I can't overcome mm-hmm. as far as, like, things happening in surgery. And so creating that environment where, like, yes, like, it's okay to be nervous. Like, that's going to keep you on your toes, keep you focused. Yeah. But no, like, I'm right here. And so, and then within, like, a month, she was able to start her own surgical day. And still, I wouldn't book myself during that time. I was just there, mm-hmm. but I backed off. And then. that is what is yeah. so important is providing that safety net for these new grads. Mm-hmm. So that like, and again, that can be part of the conversation because some new grads would be like, no, 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 you can go into appointments. I will call you if I need you type yeah. of thing. Yeah. And that is totally okay. As long as it's part of the conversation yes. and kind of going back to that whole, like that six to eight week, like comfort period. Again, it depends on the, on the person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know some new grads, they're like, six to eight weeks of wellness, I'm going to literally just like give up. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this. Whereas a lot of other new grads, they're like, I need at least two weeks of just like someone teaching me how to use the PIMS. Mm -hmm. Like that can be scary enough. And say you have like a really complicated case that comes through, they're going to spend half their time working on the computer um, versus anything else. And that's what I, I push back against that model because we just have... Like in those first six to eight weeks, I have a sit down meet with them like, all right, where is your comfort level right yeah. now? And then I'm going to tailor the next week to that. Okay. Yeah. You're good now. You know, you see an appointment every hour uh-huh. all right, when you're on your appointment days. Are you okay with that? Like, yep. are you comfortable if we maybe take off one of those blocks? Yeah. So you're seeing like, you know, maybe four to five in the morning or something, you know, whatever yep. it is. And, and like uh, you expect them to be faster than your base protocol, I guess is the yeah, big thing. Yeah. It's like you can set them up to say, all right, if we have to, we can go six weeks of only having hour long, which honestly, I don't think anybody, <laughs> like for me, it was like, you're going to have hour long appointments for like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. And then from there we cut it down because I was like, guys, I'm literally twiddling my thumbs here. Like, I know. Yeah. please give me something else to do. And, that's and why so we did get on board with that model as far as. Yeah you know, having this rigorous thing. But here's the secret. Almost no one ever does get to that point. (laughs) But that's why with your, for you and your model, kind of looking at it and saying, all right, chances are no one is ever going to need to get like to really get to the length of that. Mm -hmm. But the really important thing that I want to kind of point out is that you're setting up these checkpoints Mm -hmm. without the checkpoints. You have no idea if they need to go faster or if you need to turn things down and kind of reevaluate things. And I think 
one thing, you know, and I'm not sure how many practice owners you've talked to about this. But a fair amount. <laughs> like, I, I think you have to be okay knowing, like, A, you're going to have to come off the schedule. Your revenue is going to look pretty bad for a mm -hmm. while. And then you have to recognize that and be okay with it. Yes. I know people say, like, your new grad's not going to return, you know, until, like, six months. Well, that's not true. But you have to be okay knowing, like, there's going to be some short-term sacrifice from everybody involved yep. if you actually want to make this successful. Yep. And, you know, I'm at a point... I'm at a point where I'm okay doing that, like, because well, it's my money to lose, which is, mm -hmm. that's the only way I think can be sustainable. But mm -hmm. I think what you mentioned earlier is, and I don't think this is a general mindset. I think this is just a, something that we always have to keep in check is like, you have to have a growth mindset too. Like it cannot all be on the clinic yeah. at all. So I get worried if they come in like, all right, you need to like do everything. Yeah. Like, okay, but I also need you to, you know, have some passion or like, go a little bit and say like, I got to figure this out too. Cause that's mm -hmm. essentially what a veterinarian is going to Yeah. It's a two way off, street. Right? Everything is a two way street there. Yeah. And so For sure. really with the most recent grad, it's turned out really well. Like she's able, we still have an extra like catch up. She's about four months out now. Yep. Um, Cause I want to make sure she's getting home on time and everything yes. too. Unless she said otherwise, I feel like it's gone really well with her. Yeah, um, see, this is what's interesting is being able to talk to <laughs> both know, of you nervous, from guys. different <laughs> angles. No, to make you feel more comfortable, everything is aligning so far. Are you a new or recent veterinary graduate? If so, listen up, my course, So Your Vet, Now What? has been put together specifically for you. We focus on the non-clinical skills, don't tune out. This is not as dull as it sounds, I promise you. In fact, almost every career problem that people face are due to not having well-developed non-clinical skills. The skills that I'm talking about are things like client communication, so you have great relationships with clients. Emotional intelligence, so you've got great relationships with your teammates. Effective negotiation skills, so you can get paid what you are worth. Management of imposter syndrome and how to build formidable resilience. They're not just skills, they are prerequisites vital for success in financial and emotional well-being. This course serves as an essential stepping stone to your success. So let's take the leap together. I will be your mentor as we go through 12 modules helping you transition from being a student to being a fully rounded professional. Head to www.drdavenickel.com forward slash S-Y-A-V class to learn more. Now back to the show. Um, which one question I wanted to touch on since you just mentioned it was, um, did you have a conversation about expectations on when she would start making production? I had not any like hard timelines, but I said, I don't want you to worry about the numbers right now. Like okay. I'm not worried about them too. She honestly, like within, she had, got sick for like mm -hmm. a week and um, her second month, she actually would have made production on that, which was yeah. really cool. And so I tell them typically from what I've seen at Apollo and just other practices within like three to four months is when I would expect that. Yeah. And then how did you set up checkpoints to make sure that actually happened? Yeah. So, I mean, what we're actually in, this is on me as the leader and the business owner. We are now instituting a lot more like transparent numbers and everything. Um, I'm walking down. So in that first month where she had to have like some sick leave. I sat her down and be like, Hey, I need you to know, like these ACTs are really, really good. Yeah. Like, you should be really proud of this stuff. If you didn't get out that week, you would have made production. So we just had that discussion and yeah. I show her the numbers and everything. They have full access to all the numbers and stuff. So good. my first job out of vet school, I, I, 
was, was like just, a secret, right? Yeah, I was flying blind, and I was like a really self-motivated um, associate, but I had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, stuff. and so, you know, we're setting up now monthly sit-downs. We've talked about goals as far as revenue growth, like leadership growth, where they want to focus on things, mm-hmm. you know, where we want to focus on stuff as far as like the business as a whole. And I was kind of nervous to have that conversation, especially with like a new grad. I didn't want them to think that I'm all about money, right? Mm-hmm. But what I've come to figure out is like, if we're all on the same vision and mission of what we were trying to do in this, like they do care about the money. They really do. Yeah. They want to know, like, are they contributing? Are we able to like, you know, keep going on our profit share program for the technicians or keep growing Apollo so we can reach as many as we can. And so yeah. that's, I was really nervous to kind of have those. Mm-hmm. Uh, having those conversations and again like I'm a young entrepreneur and yeah. haven't been through this too much and so I kind of put it off for a month or two and then finally they just with the new year we kicked it up and the response has been so great like I haven't gotten any kind of feedback from my vet saying like gosh mm-hmm. I, now I feel like pressured to make these goals and stuff yeah it's more of a philosophy knowing that they're in a safe environment that they can be a doctor our environment kind of forces us to collaborate too. So we don't have doctor's offices. We're all in the open. We collaborate on everything um, as far as cases, x-rays, ultrasound. And again, it goes back to like, I feel like that should be the normal in mm-hmm. our industry. I've worked at places where, you know, vets don't want to collaborate because I was going to affect maybe their production and stuff too. And that's just a culture issue, yeah. you know, in my opinion. No. So No, I think it is all really important things. And it is honestly interesting to talk to like independent practice owners mm-hmm. and looking at their mentorship models compared to the corporate side that I'm more familiar with and more comfortable with. But it's also for the new grads and the recent grads that are out there being like, you've told me this is what the thing is, what the protocol is, but to yeah. also so that they can bring up the questions. Cause if you ask a new grad, which this is what I got as well, they're like, I have no idea what to ask, yeah. what to talk about. And so for them to put, again, to give them a little bit of the steering wheel and say, all right, I want to ask, how long do you think it is going to be before I start making production? Mm-hmm. Do we want to communicate about where my skill level is? How are we going to sit down and talk about those things, set those checkpoints? Yeah. So again, it gives them a little bit more control of that side. So then it can prompt you to be like, all right, so maybe we'll see how this goes for like two or three weeks yeah. uh, for this individual, but maybe for this other individual, we yeah. need to give them like four or five weeks. Yeah. So again, you can have that more of a philosophy and make it a, I guess, more holistic pattern. Mm-hmm. Of what's going One thing on. I think that's really interesting that we're starting to do, we're instituting like a really kind of robust quarterly, triennially pulse for all of our team members. And one of the big things that we want to know is like, how do you want your feedback? Right? Like, my way I get feedback is not yours. Is it, is it an email with like mm-hmm. bullet points and like, this is the plans so they can have that and they get to read it on their own time. Or is it having a conversation? Is that conversation public or private? Like, yeah. how do you want that presented to you? Because I've been in places where it's like, you know, the bad feedback where you're getting reprimanded in front of everybody. And that's never a good yeah, thing. That doesn't never, work for a good thing. But also like for me, I'm not sometimes very good at like in the moment coming up with the right sentence. Right. So I like to kind of take my time and write out like a nice note and say, all right, here are my like true thoughts on this too, that I've like had some time to like digest stuff. So that's how I like to get some Mm -hmm. feedback too and give that, but you know, it's really dependent and I'm really excited because as the owner and the leader, I get to have like a cheat sheet of like, all right, Danny likes to give, have like a, a yes. public praise, you know, but Cheyenne, she likes a note written in private because you get shy in public. Yeah. But, so now I know I can like impactfully talk to them. Mm-hmm. And stuff. And so I'm really excited about 
you know, just delving into more of that communication style. We're getting off topic from mentorship. Yeah, that's but, okay. That's okay. Um, I think a good way to kind of wrap up here yeah. is to say like, okay, so from where that initial start where you were like, I don't know if I'm going to like this teaching thing to yeah. now you've had two new grads come through, they're loving yeah. what they're doing and you see this future for growth, but what would be one big takeaway that if you had an, another new grad coming in, what would be their, the first like, piece of advice that you would give them in regards to your mentorship that you're going to provide? That be open-minded, like really be open-minded. I, I had an extern from Auburn and I, I think she's actually me joining the team this summer. She said, I hate tunnels. And I was like, okay, let's talk about that. Like, yeah. what does that, what does that mean? And she was like, well, I'm just like not good at them. I was like, okay, that's a different thing. Like yeah. guys, you don't like them because you're not good at them. So we need to work on dentals and you will get to like them. I promise yes. you. <laughs> well, maybe not, but you know, it's, I think my biggest thing with veterinary students I don't know if it's the culture of that school, but there's a ton of limiting beliefs that they have on themselves that oh, yeah. everything from ownership to, you know, doing surgery, like, oh, I got to refer all that out. Like we are such a cool profession. Like what we get to do every day, like a, nobody else gets to do that. We get to wear so many cool hats and impact so many people and their pets. Utilize your skill, like and believe in yourself though. You have all the knowledge in your head, but go out and like, do the reps because you will like it. I promise you. Yes. But yeah, you got to find the right place to do that too. And then the, my biggest piece of advice was like, I don't care if you know how to neuter like or spay a dog. I'll teach you all that, but delve into the communication that'll make or break you. Yes. And so that's a big part of, I like to have them shadow the different doctors in those first couple of weeks going into the rooms. Cause even now, like I'll be outside of a room and I'll hear a doctor present something. And I'm like, I've never thought of it that way. Like, and the client just like clicks it with them. Yep. So then I, I'm able to use that in my rooms. Like I've learned so much just from listening to other vets talk to clients in my career. And you know, that is unfortunately like Dr. Cocker said it on one of her um, posts, she's like, you are a salesman and people hate hearing that they, they didn't get in this profession to be a salesman, but exactly. everything is a transaction of persuasion. Right. And there was a, who was a pod who said this, but I keep thinking about it and it just resonated so well with me and people are like, well, I don't want to feel like I'm selling them. The difference between manipulation and help is intention, mm-hmm. right? So what is your intention going into that room? It's to help them and help their pets, right? How do you get to do that? You have to build trust. You have to build credibility with them. You have to educate them and get them to say yes to your recommendations because it's in the best interest their pet and that is your intention right? mm-hmm. you're not manipulating them to do anything like there are tactics you can do to get people to say yes and it's okay to learn that like there are great books out there i read a ton of like sales and communication books because yeah it's all about like i mean granted if you're trying to sell something that's arbitrary and not really helpful <laughs> like you know again it's your intention so yes. don't be afraid to lean into that but that is the biggest tool that you need to sharpen as a vet mm-hmm. and getting reps as far as learning how to do stuff yes. so i sat down with dr Landrier and i said okay like you've been doing this for about four or five months. Your, your cases are going great. Like you're managing surgery. Well, I really want you in the next six months of your career to try different communication styles. And like, all right, I feel like I'm not getting people to say yes on a, a dental. Let's talk about that. Let's mm-hmm. get all the vets together and say like, Hey guys, like we had this meeting two months ago at one of our DVM meetings. And I was like, can I just ask you guys, like, how do y'all present dentals? Like I asked her, yeah. I'm curious because we do good, but I know we can do better, but Dr. Burner, you like half of your clients are saying yes to wellness blood work. And I run out of the room when I talk about money and stuff. And, um, yeah, learning that style, I'm like, 
that's amazing. I didn't even mm-hmm. know that. So And there's that collaboration and that yeah. peer, peer level of mentorship right there. Yeah. Like as you were talking about right at the beginning. Yeah. So no, I think that's like, that's almost like a mic drop worthy <laughs> ending to everything. <laughs> so I want to say thank you so much for coming on, doing the inaugural walking podcast. Well, you guys can let us know what you thought about how walking podcast worked. <laughs> but otherwise, until next time, guys, see ya. So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, Sorry Vet Now What, or non-clinical skills training class of the same name. Until next time, take care. (laughs) 